Hello, and welcome to Erskine Conversations. We bring the Erskine College and Theological Seminary campus to you. In each episode, we will be diving into the conversations that happen every day across Erskine's campus among students, faculty, staff, and more. Today, I invite you to listen in as we talk with Dr. Brianna Van Scoy, Professor of Psychology here at Erskine College. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. So thank you again for coming in. I am super excited to have this conversation. Uh, so Dr. Van Scoy, tell us about your background, just briefly how you found your way here to Erskine. Yeah, so I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I went to Grove City College for my undergrad. It's where I got interested in psychology and wanting to do things like counseling. Okay. When I was looking for a graduate program to turn to and go to, I kind of looked all over the country, and one particular program that was interesting to me was Fuller Theological Seminary because mm-hmm. they had a APA accredited psychology program. And it was all about the integration of faith and psychology. And that just really fit with with me and what That's I wanted awesome. to do with my life. And so I went to, and it didn't hurt that it was in California. Yeah. I'm sure you were getting a little tired of that Pittsburgh snow. I was, <laughs> I was. So I decided after so, growing up with it, after four years of college, I wanted someplace where it would never snow. Yeah. Ever. So I, I moved to Pasadena and I was there oh, for man. six years doing my master's and doctoral work. And then after that, I left and worked for a while as a therapist. Okay. And then I decided, you know, God was kind of moving me in the direction of teaching. And when I applied, looking and applying for jobs, Erskine just happened to, to pop up. There it was. So it was, it was God's timing. And when I came, it reminded me so much of Grove City, except much warmer. Yeah, so, with all four seasons. We, we get cold, but not nearly as cold. No, it's, it's not cold at all to me. Yeah. So. Oh, I guess that is true. Yeah, our cold is like a nice, calm like fall day for mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. I, I just got back from visiting Pittsburgh and um, one of my old pastors went to Grove City and his wife went to Grove City. And yeah, it, it was actually really mild up there when I was just up there. I was kind of happy because I was not looking forward to like the 30, 20 negative yeah, degree. The teens and you never like, know in March. Yeah. It could have been, you know, snow. Oh, there's, there's been blizzards in March when exactly. I lived there. So yeah, and certainly even down here, I think we have had some of our craziest ice storms in March. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's awesome. I think that it's, it's really cool. You've been able to see almost like three different American cultures between mm-hmm. the South, the Northeast and the West coast. Um, so, and we are glad to have you here at Erskine. I've only heard awesome things. So I'm really excited. Like I said, that you got to come on this podcast, but the whole, the whole goal of this podcast was to give you an opportunity to sort of unpack your experience here as you were going through, um, cancer and cancer treatment and and what all that meant to you as a believer, as a psychologist, Mm -hmm. and as a professor here, surrounded by students Mm -hmm. and surrounded by, you know, minds that would have been really, I'm sure, interested to hear how you were wrestling through all of that. And so I'm going to kind of just hand the floor off to you and just let you sort of talk about your experience Mm -hmm. in that. Yeah, I'll I'll start off with, you know, one of the things that was hard, and I think it's hard for everybody, is trying to deal with uncertainty. Yeah. You know, I had so much uncertainty. This was in 2018. We started off the semester. I started experiencing pain that was really severe. Mm-hmm. Went to the doctor. They were like, well, we're not sure about this. It could be benign, could be cancer. And, you know, I had about a <laughs> month and a half in between when I oh had gosh. that conversation to when I actually had surgery and found out it was cancer to kind of be like, I don't know which way it's going to go. Right. You know, then there was the uncertainty of, well, what do we do <laughs> after? You know, and I, I figured it was probably going to be chemo, but mm-hmm. I was kind of hopeful that maybe they wouldn't have me yeah. go through it. Yeah. And then there, there was the the uncertainty of well, what kind of side effects are you going to experience? Because 
I mean, they gave me literally probably 20 pages worth of side effects for oh all the, the chemo drugs. And this is all these bad things that can happen with right. it. And then, you know, obviously you're concerned about, is it even going to work? So even yeah. if we go through this process, is it going to, you know, make sure that there isn't any, any cancer cells left? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, obviously that, that caused me a lot of, a lot of anxiety mm -hmm. with all the unknowns and trying to figure out, well, how do I, how do I handle it? So that yeah. was, you know, a big part of where this intersection of, of my psych background and faith were very crucial to helping me work through it. Yeah. So this was... You, I think you just, you told me you've hit that one year mark. Now. I did. Yeah, actually I just, uh, last week I got my one year cancer free from the doctor. That's awesome. So I was and very excited. So you said the thing last time when you said it was one year and then five year, and then what's the, what's the marker after that? Well, or is there a marker I'm not sure there year? is a marker. Okay. Really, really one year and five year are kind of the biggest. Okay. And then, you know, after that, I mean, obviously the more years you accumulate, the better, but yeah, one in five are kind of the big, the big marks for maintaining that cancer free. Thank you very much. That's it was, awesome. It was a big relief to get that news. So in, in thinking about the uncertainty of everything, how, how did you handle uncertainty? How, what were your, I mean, I'm thinking psycho like psychology, what were your mechanisms? What, yeah. What did, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, psychological wise, you know, part of what I was doing is I, I tried to do a lot of kind of physical relaxation, you know, obviously exercise is always good just for general health, but yeah. it really does help with relaxing your mind and mm -hmm. helping you to to think clear but i would also do things like you know reading books for fun doing puzzles you know things to keep you mentally active and involved mm -hmm. also talking to to friends reaching out for social support yeah you know finding those people in my life that i knew i could you know vent to that i could rely on that if i was really upset you need to do that every so yeah. often that's yeah you'll be able to, to turn to them and also it came down to really trying to change change my thinking about the situation. Okay. And, and that's, I know, a big part of where the, you know, psychology and, and my faith intersected was how can I make meaning out of a, a difficult situation? And how can I view it in a way that's, that's positive, that's hopeful, and not just get really pessimistic and cynical? Yeah, I, I would imagine that is probably going to be the crux of it is how do you, how do you look at scripture and you look at your life and go, man, it just, I feel like I shouldn't have to deal with this. I should mm -hmm. have, you know, rainbows and sunshine and kitty cats. And yeah. sometimes life isn't that. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of going, looking back again at the, how, how faith interacted. So you, you, those are some really awesome things. I think people should just generally keep in mind when they're struggling with any sort of stressor is don't let it overcome your mind. Mm -hmm. um, from the faith side, what were there certain passages or certain I, I know. Was there anything on the faith side that you just kept turning to as sort of your rock in that? Yeah. Yeah. There were definitely several scripture verses in particular that really just kept kept coming to mind. And that I, what I would do is I would write them down on cards mm. so that I could be able to basically carry them with me and be able yeah. to reflect back on them. And, you know, one of the big ones for me was Isaiah 43, 2 which is the verse that says, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. The rivers, they not shall, shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned and the flames Man. shall not consume you. And I just felt like, that's kind of what I felt like I was going through. I felt like I was yeah. going through <laughs> the waters and rivers yeah. and fire and, you know, all of this, this stuff. And that just, it was just a comforting thing to me to think that I'm not in and alone, that, that God is there and that he's going to help me get through it. Yeah. You know, and I don't know what I didn't know what the outcome was going to be of that, but I just knew that he would be there and mm -hmm. that, you know, he would be there with me through the end. 
Yeah, that I mean, you know, they have a song for that too. It's a mm-hmm. really good uh, praise and worship song I've heard of yeah. Isaiah forty three. That that is that's an awesome verse to turn to because yeah, there <laughs> sometimes we want so bad to be the one in control, mm-hmm. and I will we'll, I'm sure talk on this later. But that is it's such a blessing to know that we don't have to be in control. Not yeah. that we don't get to, we don't have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, that God is in control regardless of the up or the down. And sometimes mm-hmm. even the up puts us in an even more faithless position where, oh no, I'm everything's fine. I don't need to worry about God. But you know, when we hit those low points, it's really reassuring to know that, that God is there with you. Mm-hmm. And not in, in that passage, it's not even saying that he will take you away from the fire, take you away from the water of the rivers, but he's there with you through mm-hmm. them. Um, which is encouraging because we all go through the fire. We all go through the refining or the washing. And it's really good encouragement to know that scripture is pretty clear that God is there right alongside you um, through that. But mm. so did you have any other passages that you kept turning to? Yeah. Another big one was, and again, this is probably one that a lot of people will quote, but Philippians 4.13. Yeah. And actually what's funny is I, I got a, a t-shirt that said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me fighting ovarian cancer. <laughs> and yes. so, you know, for me, I mean, it was just another kind of even physical way, just kind of fun way to give me that reminder that, that yeah, he is, he's going to strengthen me because there's a lot of times where I felt not only very mentally and emotionally weak, but obviously very physically weak. Right. And so just remembering that he was, he's the strength that you can turn to mm-hmm. when, when times are hard. Yeah, that's, that's great. I mean, I, I've never gone through what you've gone through, but it is really, like I said, it's, it's encouraging to know that it's not even our strength that we're relying on. It's on, on Christ's strength, on God's mm-hmm. strength. It's, and that again, that is just such an encouragement yeah. <laughs> to know it's not that I have to pull myself up and hold myself up and God will be there, you know, to pat me on the back and say, good job, you're doing well. Mm-hmm. Like, no, he's stooping and picking you up and helping you through these things. Yeah. Oh, that's, that is just, for anyone listening, that is, that is an encouragement you need to take to heart um, to go back to those passages and remember that God is there, um, even and especially in those tough times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Looking at uncertainty and what what was what's what's like the next next thing as you're going through this that you were kind of looking towards or, or looking at or whatnot. I think for me another big thing was perfectionism and trying to deal with that because you know I've always been a perfectionist. It's always mm-hmm. been one of the things that I've struggled with, and you know in some ways the surgery and the chemo treatment it really made me have to let it go mm. because. I physically couldn't do right. what I wanted to do. You know, I I had after the surgery, you know, I was very weak. I lost uh, a lot of weight due to the the size of the tumor and just the process and then having to kind of regain some strength physically. I mm-hmm. had to have, you know, a lot of help from my parents, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of just even basic things like getting dressed, you know. Yeah. It's kind of like being a child again and you <laughs> right. know, it's like, well, you can't really, you know, do everything you want to do and and you know, off the, all the other things that, you know, it forced me to kind of reconcile with was the fact that all of my best laid plans for the semester went out the window. Oh, man, you know, yeah, you know I have my syllabi, I have my plan for what I'm going to do assignments and what I'm going to cover. And when it's like, and I had to be, them and yeah, and grading them. <laughs> and I, I had to be out for, for basically two and a half weeks after the surgery. Then, you know, all the time when I'd have to miss class for chemo and any of the side effects that I experienced mm-hmm. from chemo, which for me, tended to be, I experienced a lot of pain with Mm -hmm. my chemo. So I had muscle and joint pain for about a week after each treatment. 
And then I actually had some cognitive side effects where I had what they call it uh, chemo brain, <laughs> where basically you you don't think as clearly. Hmm. And for me, being a professor, that was just so hard because oh, it's like sure. I, I I teach and I think for a living, and to <laughs> yeah. and to feel like that wasn't quite where it needed to be, mm-hmm. you know. Again, Man. you couldn't. You can't be perfect when your body's literally like you know. Yeah, you're fighting your body. Yeah. Um. So in thinking of perfectionism and and having to give up control of your class somewhat, how how did Erskine f- play into that? Because mm-hmm. you're not the only psychology professor, but at the same time, yeah. they all have their own score courses and syllabi and mm-hmm. things to be doing. How? How did that all play together? Yeah, I mean the the college. Everybody at the college was so was so supportive, and you know my colleagues in the department, Rob and Steve, were were great at saying, "Hey, what can we do?" You know, and they they basically you know took over my classes Man. for me, which was great. You know, nice thing is Rob also teaches general psych, and uh-huh. so he could really step into that class very easily. And mm-hmm. then you know they were able to basically divide them up, and and I gave them some work for them to you know kind of some plans, and they right. were able to take those and meet with the students and. I was also able to work with um, Nathan Turner to actually put some of my courses on Brightspace, which is our okay. online platform. So that, mm-hmm. that way I can actually do some things from home right, while right. I was laid up because I was, you know, physically <laughs> couldn't do anything, but at least mentally. I right. Could you still. get a little stir crazy, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, just give me something. Let me let me do something. Yeah. You think like, oh, man, it's like a two week vacation. It's not. You're, oh, no, no. <laughs> you're like, I need something. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that feeling to a degree. Like when you have breaks just generally with school, you're like, OK. The first couple of days, like, oh, this is fun. I get to not worry about things. And like three or four days into a two week break, like, oh my gosh, can mm-hmm. I have something to do? Yeah. So I can only imagine that you were just like, man, let me let me interact in some way. Let me be with my students at least digitally to help them and, mm-hmm. and, and be involved. So yeah, that's that's encouraging to know yeah. that. And I think that that's the, the cool thing about Erskine is that with our class sizes being the way they are, them absorbing your classes wasn't like a taking on another thirty to fifty <laughs> students. Mm-hmm. Um, per class, uh, they were actually able to. Then, then you start reflecting. Maybe the bigger small schools, like uh, fifty to sixty kids, you're now kind of overseeing for one gen site class across two or three um, uh, actual classes. But that's that is that's encouraging to know that that they did step up. And if I remember correctly, there was wasn't there a student going through cancer treatment at the same time? There, as you? Yeah, there have been a couple of students who kind of. Towards the end of my time mm-hmm. doing treatment, they actually started, you know, having to go through it themselves and mm-hmm. got diagnosed. And, yeah. you know, that was it was a way, too, for me to be able to kind of reach out and and help them knowing sure that, that I'd, a lot. I'd gone through it, too. So Right. And have someone right there with you or with them that they could actually relate to and not yeah. just that sort of empathize kind of at a distance, but to actually go, mm-hmm. man, I get it. Like, that's. That is something I have done and gone through. I'm sure that was just a huge encouragement for those students. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think it's really one of the ways that, you know, I was able to kind of utilize this imperfection. And because mm. I, I know I had to come face to face with the fact that I can't do it perfectly. You know, I'm right. going to have these days where I just feel like horrible. And yeah. I, I can't be that kind of on task teacher that I, I kind of always want to be that ideal. Mm-hmm. And you know, what I saw through going through this is just how much God is able to use us when we're weak. Mm. You know, and I always I think of the the second Corinthians verse, you know, where it says, my, my grace is sufficient for you for my, my power is made perfect in weakness. And I I really got to experience that on yeah. a, a level I never had before, you know, because with with all the side effects and with all the, this chaos, mm-hmm. the fact that I expected things to go horrible. I'm thinking this is going to yeah. end badly for my <laughs> semester. But, right. you know, 
the students, the class that classes still met classes, <laughs> you know, students still learn things. They got grades. You know, they, they got grades. They moved on. And, you know, they, they moved on and, you know, they gave me very positive course evals, you know, for teaching through cancer. And right. Then, you know, and the, you know, all these bad outcomes that I had in my head didn't come true. And mm. so I was kind of worried about nothing. And that helped me realize that you don't have to be perfect yeah. for things to go well. And God again, truly does love. Yeah. His love. Yeah. And he was able to, again, use me with the, these couple of students who were, were going through cancer. But beyond that, I've had a lot of other, you know, colleagues. I've had a lot of other students who have felt more comfortable coming to me now and saying, hey, I'm going through something difficult. I know you've gone through something. So yeah. can I talk to you about how to handle it? And so it's, what's, it's, what's that been like? It's... It's been very kind of amazing because I just, you know, I'm always in psychology. I always talk about being a therapist and you can always come to me and talk. But I think them seeing me go through it mm-hmm. and being able to handle it has inspired them in many ways to say, oh, I know she can handle mm-hmm. something. So now I feel comfortable going right. to her. And it's just it's become a new ministry opportunity that's, for me. That's awesome. Because, I mean, I, months or maybe a year ago at our church, one of the guys was speaking on one of our Sunday mornings and he said the two words that are killing the American church or I'm fine. Yeah. And cause we're not fine. Mm-hmm. We, we, we need God because we aren't fine. And to now know that there are students who are, who feel comfortable coming to you because they're not fine and to know that they can talk with you and, and feel that you genuinely care enough and know enough to, to want to help out and to not just give them encouragement in scripture, but also give them the, the, the background of psychology to give them mm-hmm. mechanisms and ideas and concepts and, and undergird that with faith as a, I'm sure an immense encouragement to the students on this campus. Yeah. Um, I hope it is. I, uh, I try. I, I'm, I'm trying my best to, to kind of be that, that vessel that God can use in these situations. He just opened up so many more opportunities yeah, for me to do that. I'm sure that's, I, uh, I was not here when you were going through that and I, but I've heard stories and, and stuff around from different, uh, faculty, staff, students who, who are here and, and knew your story. And it was, I was highly encouraged to, to reach out and to, for you to give you an opportunity and a platform to kind of talk about it. Um, so since then, uh, so that was what, just over a year ago, I guess. When, year when, did, when did you say your one year for 2019 was? Uh, basically mid-February was kind of my one year Okay. in terms of like when I kind of got my first all clear of we think the cancer's, cancer's gone. Of 2019 or 2020? 20, well, <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to think. 2019 was when I got my first all clear after doing treatment. And then this year was my one, one year. year. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So looking back now on all of this, um, what... What do you think you you've taken away in, in terms of where God is during times of trouble, where where He is when you know it hits the fan? Mm-hmm. What what you look back and you reflect on it? Now you've had you've had at least a year to, to think through this and pray and you know listen to sermons and podcasts and whatever it is that you do to to sort of reflect on things. What 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 do you have to to reflect on all this? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think for me, one of the the biggest takeaways has been really kind of of God's love being manifested in so many ways, mm. you know, really being everywhere. And I know for me, this this the community of Erskine, you know, really rallied around me once I got my my diagnosis. You know, I was in the hospital. I had I had visits from 
uh, Beth Gustafson came to see me uh, after I'd gotten out of surgery to you know say hi and check cool. out how I was doing. I had other faculty who who stopped by to see me. I had students that actually came and they they brought me flowers and cupcakes and which hey. I couldn't unfortunately I couldn't enjoy the cupcakes because I was so Ooh, sick after the anesthesia. But it was, it was a very sweet gesture, you know. But right. I had you know all these people who just who came right after. And then they actually set up a program with faculty and staff bringing meals for my parents oh, for a couple weeks a so train. that they could yeah, the best. they could focus on helping me and not right. have to worry about the cooking and. You know, again, it was man. just very practical way. And for some people, I didn't really know very well, mm -hmm. you know, saying, oh, man, I really want to help. What can I do? And, you know, everyone just, again, God being able to show me that he cares in a very mm -hmm. visible, tangible way. Right. That's that's awesome. That's something I know at our church whenever someone has a baby, like mm -hmm. within a week, you've got multiple weeks of full every day of the week. Someone's bringing you a new meal. So not only do you have the meal for them, but you have leftovers and yeah. you truly get to just focus on the task at hand and not have to it's not just the time to spend with the meals it's all it's the, the, the mental labor of okay we just had this where we have this time okay do i have time to make this or that and mm -hmm. that's that's awesome to hear that that erskine took advantage of that mm -hmm. um so early all right so earlier you mentioned you have had the uh the clinical side of of a career mm -hmm. um as a christian as a christian who pursued the the psychological field and and looking to counsel what is what has that kind of integration been for you so i know a lot of christians i would argue wrongfully many times look at psychology and like they see it as as this other that's that can't possibly be integrated with mm -hmm. with one's faith yeah do you mind talking a little bit about that no i can i mean i think for me and again this, this comes from kind of my my time at fuller and getting to learn a lot, a lot about this is that you know you use scripture the bible as your foundation mm -hmm. and then you look in these psychological theories and you look for what what does fit with it because you know we have special revelation but we also have the general revelation mm -hmm. and i do believe that even if some of these psychologists aren't christians and know nothing about god god can still have used them they have common grace yeah to have common grace to have to have developed theories or ideas that that we can use mm -hmm. so i always use the you know my faith is my foundation and then i look at the theories and i draw from them based on what i you know what feels like fits with scripture, fits with mm -hmm. theology, fits with my faith. And then okay. that's what I, I practice with in terms of counseling. Okay. That's great. Um, so as, as, a, as a one final question for me, then I'll, I'll send it to you if you have any questions on your side. Um, what encouragement would you give to Christians when it comes to thinking effectively, thinking critically? I don't know if I'm choosing the right words, but when it comes to mental health and whatnot, how, mm -hmm. how would you encourage Christians to, to practice good mental health? If that question even oh, makes man, that's, sense. That's a, I feel like I could go on for a long time about that. But, you know, I, I think a big thing is just not ignoring it. You know, I okay. think you talked about earlier the, oh, I'm fine mentality. Yeah. And I think a big step is admitting you're not fine and mm -hmm. that it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. And, yeah. But it's, but the idea is it's not okay to stay that way. Right. So, you know, it's, it's good to admit that I'm struggling. But you want to then work to find ways to to deal with that that are healthy. Mm -hmm. So I think I think a big thing is just, yeah, I mean, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling depressed, if you're struggling with things, not to just keep it to yourself and think, oh, it'll just go away if I don't talk about it. But really say, you know, because <laughs> it won't, because it won't. And oftentimes <laughs> it, won't it gets worse yeah. when you do it like that. But find out, you know, find people that you can can turn to see what resources there are mm -hmm. at your church, you know look at how can I change my perspective 
in a way that that focuses on the hope and positive mm-hmm. kind of optimism that's important for for going when you go through difficult times. Right. Um, sorry, I just I just had this thought. Uh, so you know, we're working on that new Master's of Arts in Christian Counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone who has the seminary degree, you have the the doctor of psychology, you have mm-hmm. the degree in psychology, you have the the teaching in psychology, mm-hmm. um, and you have the faith. Um, how important do you think it is that we have either pastors who are specifically trained in Christian counseling or just counselors out there with a strong foundation in the Christian faith to do counseling? Because mm-hmm. um, I know that being in, the, in that department, you at least have a tangential connection to this development of this program. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on the idea of a quote unquote Christian counselor. Yeah. I mean, I really like it. I'm I'm excited about the program starting. And I know we actually have a number of our majors who are planning to, to go awesome. into it. I think we've got at least maybe six or seven majors. Wow. That's who are, really good. We're hoping awesome. to to go from the, the college, Erskine College into Erskine Seminary yep. to, to do that degree. Very so cool. I'm excited about really just having this blend where our students will come out, not only being strong in their faith, but also knowing how can they use their faith in a way that's able to to help people and mm-hmm. be able to to meld psychology and theology in a very and, practical way and get actually accredited. Not, and, is it yeah, credited? No license. 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 Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which is awesome. I've heard that's a big deal in South Carolina. I, it's a big deal everywhere. Yeah. Oh, okay. You, cool. Okay. So licensing <laughs> is yeah very very crucial to the process. Yeah, yeah. And I know that that was kind of one of the things that was going to set this program apart was you actually would be able to be licensed mm-hmm. from an institution like this that is. St- traditionally more the theological side but to be able to get the right things in line so you can actually pass a licensing test i assume mm-hmm. i guess yeah. i'm sure it's not just like here's your degree and your license like i'm sure yeah you have to pass some tests <laughs> and things like that something like that well. never never that easy never no of course not and that's just for south carolina if you want to go anywhere else you got a whole whole new slew of yeah. things to learn and, and test to take mm-hmm. um so all, all the things we've talked about i'm going I'm to flip the script onto you now so what what questions or ideas or concepts you want to bring to this this conversation or questions you might have for me? Yeah, I, I think my main question would be to, to know a little bit about how you've dealt with difficult situations using their faith, your faith and how how what what you've learned from mm-hmm. it. You know, if you'd asked me this question three years ago, I probably would not have been able to give you a good answer. Um, I have been fortunate up until recently uh, to not have to live through a lot of really difficult times. Um, in the sense of like losing close family members or um, struggling with that, I I have I've lost both my grandparents through the past. Well, two two of my grandparents for the past ten years or so, and there are times when that hits me that you know they won't be able to to meet my kids. And mm-hmm. part of that, it, it, it's reassuring to know that on the other side of eternity, we'll have all that time, yeah, uh, to to have that time together, uh, which is a reassuring thing that I. I'm full, firmly convinced in my faith that that is the future I look forward to. Um, but recently, in 2018, 2018 was probably the most difficult year of my life thus far in my uh, 30 I agree. years. It's been my, my two. So. Yeah, yeah. That's just <laughs> un- ironic. It's the same year. Um, I lost two jobs in 2018. Uh, first time my entire life had ever been fired from a job. And it was both times arguably unfair firing, um, but they were potentially they were basically policy things that they had no choice but to fall through with it um there is thus far in my life no call that is harder than calling your spouse to let them know you're coming home early because you've been let go um 
And then to do that twice in the same year mm-hmm. was rough. Um, but like like you said, looking back um, and knowing that God works through the difficult times and that I didn't have a choice because I know enough about scripture and I know enough about faith of people much who've gone through much more than I have ever gone through to know that even if and even when and especially when we go through the fires the rivers the water the the refining that like metal going through the fire god will many times do that and heat you up superheat you just so he can knock that dross out um i was teaching uh the high school youth at my church recently and i asked them you know why why does the bible so frequently at least in the old testament bring up this analogy why is it always you know refining metal like iron sharpening iron that sort of thing and because to them they they recognize they saw visually constantly this idea of of a metalsmith you know heating up that that metal and pounding it and watching as the dross came out Mm -hmm. and then pounding it again and pounding it and heating it and folding and pounding it and if you could be quote unquote the metal in that scenario that hurts and it's painful and it's long and I mean, to think to be superheated and then fold over and then pound it again and superheated and fold over and pound it again. But the end result is a pure metal and it's a stronger metal. Mm-hmm. Um, that has been my 2020 look back on it. My 2020 vision yeah. kind of deal is that I look back at the pain and the confusion and just the the helplessness, honestly, that I felt in the fact of I, I could do nothing. Once the papers, once the conversation is had, the words come out of their mouth, there is nothing I can do to reclaim my position. Um, I just have to move forward and trust that even when we walk through those deep, dark valleys, God is still there. Um, he won't necessarily just pluck you out of the dark valleys, won't necessarily take you out of having to, to um, go into the land and conquer it. And you're mm-hmm. going to have to sometimes fight through this next step. But God does promise that his spirit is there with you and that you aren't doing it alone. And many times it is his strength that you are fighting with. Mm-hmm. Um, and having now had that experience, I'm sure you can speak in the same way that it's, you have a, an encouragement to be able to talk to others um, that you may not be able to know exactly what they're going through, but you can relate at least in some way to the pain and the frustration and the 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 inner desire to want to just scream out why and then to hear back the whisper from God, you know, I'm still here. Yeah. Um and that in itself, I could not have have that kind of witness or that kind of conversational ability without having gone through mm. an honestly just really crappy time. Um but God was faithful and he was faithful during it. He was faithful after it. And even though the job I got after losing those two jobs wasn't my career, um, it was what I think prepared me to get the job here. Um, and so truthfully, my faith is what gets me through tough times. Um, and knowing honestly that we have a savior that 
went through humiliation in his own, mm-hmm. that he is not uh, disconnected from us in that way. That uh, when we say, you know, that he he lived a life uh, that was reflective of our own, it wasn't just in word only. It wasn't just that he was, uh, you know, playing the part of a man. Like he truly was a man. He truly felt hungry. He truly felt pain. He truly felt the the weight of the sin of the world on the cross. That's a huge encouragement. Um, and so I look back on that year and go, you know what? It was tough and it hurt and it was not fun. But like you, my family rallied around me. Um, they helped where they could. Uh, thankfully, I had my small business on the side that helped keep some money flowing and had a grandparent that was willing to step up and help me, help, help my family through the financial hardship of it. Um, had friends who rallied around us. And um, it was actually an Erskine connection that got my job at the job that I had after losing two jobs. And it was an Erskine connection with somebody who uh, had, I'd literally only known her freshman year. And then she left Erskine and just kept up with her for the next 10 years. And I had posted something on Facebook about how, you know, I'm looking for a job. And she messaged me and said, hey, you know, I don't know if this is exactly what you're looking for, but there, you just give me a resume and I'll send it through our mm-hmm. system. And then it, again, ironic Erskine connection. The HR manager at this company also is an Erskine grad. Um, so it, it just- Small it, world after it, it, it truly is. And it was just really cool to see um, God work through that. And then when I ended up leaving that job to come here, again, had to go sit down and have an exit interview with the Erskine grad who's the HR manager. And she was- excited for me to come back to Erskine. Um, she's like, you know what? You know, we hate to see you leave, but we're, I'm excited to see what God's going to do in this next step in your life. And all of these things, you know, push them together, put them and look, and look at it, you know, from every direction now looking back is God knew what he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> and I sure as heck didn't. And it was not fun in the time, but God was still faithful. And God was faithful even when it was tough. And mm-hmm. God never told me that he would, you know, pluck me out of hardship, but that he would not abandon me in hardship. And so long answer to a short question. Um, yeah, my faith is what keeps me going um, through that situation and just day to day. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's all it's all about trusting that when you're going through those hard times that. God has a plan and maybe you don't, maybe you don't see it now. Maybe mm-hmm. you won't even see it for many years later, but yeah. knowing that there is a reason you're going through it and a purpose and, and, and mm-hmm. God is going to, going to use that. Yeah. And I mean, you look at Job, Job went through some pretty terrible things. Look mm-hmm. at Paul. I mean, geez, look at any of the disciples, the stuff they went through after crisis ended, they, man, they went through all kinds of just terrible situations mm-hmm. and the whole time they still looked to him for their support and still knew that in the end, you know, you might take this body, but man, that's okay. You can't take the soul. Yeah. Um, but Dr. Van Scully, I really appreciate you coming out today. This has been an awesome conversation. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Erskine Conversations. If you enjoyed today's chat, please be sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Tune in each week to hear more from the Erskine campus. Erskine is the higher education institution of the Associate Reformed Presbyterian Church. To learn more about Erskine, please check us out at erskine.edu.
We would love to hear from you. Find us on social media by searching Erskine College or emailing us at conversations at erskine.edu. Thanks again and have a blessed day.